welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 79 is a very interesting and what I believe pertinent chat with Scott Douglas. Scott is a veteran running, fitness and health journalist who has held senior editorial positions at Runner's World and Running Times. Much of his writing translates sports science research and elite best practices into practical guidance for everyday athletes like us. He is the author or co-author of several running books including Running is My Therapy, Advanced Marathoning, a book I've had since I started running and I absolutely love it and highly recommend it, and also Meb for Mortals. In this interview, we discuss his book, Running is My Therapy, and how running, running itself helps runners with their mental health. I love the book, and that's why I decided to contact Scott and ask for an interview, not only because running is great for our mental health, but it's so appropriate during this time of COVID. Are injuries or persistent niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these now so that you can get back to the simple joy that is running. Come in and see the specialists at Health and High Performance where they utilise the latest in technology and experience to help you get back to your running best. So to achieve your running potential, go to healthhp.com.au forward slash run to book an appointment and get back to feeling how good it feels to run without pain or niggles. You can also find them on Instagram, Health High Performance. Please don't forget to get on over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review with your honest and hopefully positive feedback. I currently have 27 reviews and am aiming for 100. Can you help me achieve my goal? I would love it if you did. Also, I'm in the process of accepting new athletes into my coaching programs. If you are interested in getting some quality, structured coaching, I have limited spaces available. Email me on isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au or DM me on socials. I do hope you enjoy the interview with Scott. Hi, Scott, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Thanks for having me to talk about this important topic. Yes, indeed. Now, can you just tell the listeners, first of all, a bit about yourself and your running career? Sure. Um, I've been running for uh, a little bit more than 40 years now. I started when I was in uh, middle school and never stopped. Um, I, at times, I've been pretty serious about racing and stuff. At times, I haven't been, but even during those times, I've continued to run a lot, um, in part for things that I'm sure we'll get into today. Um, but yeah, so that's my basic running thing. I, I do about, this year I'll hit about um, probably a little bit over 3,000 miles. So, um, you know, a decent amount. Yeah, no, that is. Yeah. So I, um, I recently read your book, Running is My Therapy, and I certainly know when I'm talking with runners, many who credit running with being vital for their mental health. What mm-hmm. prompted you to write this book? Um, because nobody else had, um, I, it, it was the sort of thing that, um, you know, there had been some books and some, you know, stuff done in the area, but there were, those books were usually done by like a doctor or the books were pretty general about exercise in general. And I never, there wasn't a book that was like, here's what it's like to be someone who, who, you know, runs not primarily, but, but, you know, one of their main motivations is, is because they realize that it helps their mental health. And, um, I kept waiting for that book to be written and nobody did. So I figured, well, I'll do it myself. Um, <laughs> well, good on and, you. And, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to sort of make it something that others 
who have similar motivations might, you know, see themselves in and draw inspiration from. And I thought that an important part of that was to include a lot of the research that has been done on exercise and mental health and, and to sort of let people know that it's not just, oh yeah, that's true. When I go for a run, I'm in a better mood. Um, yeah. I wanted to, you know, so to sort of marshal the evidence that that does exist and uh, to sort of hopefully improve people's uh, motivation to keep getting out there to do this thing that they know is very good for them, both physically and mentally. Yeah, so that I guess they know that it's, it's not just them and that it, it truly does have a positive effect. Yeah. Um, so uh, I find it, you know, a fascinating read because for myself, I use running for very similar reasons. Um, you talk about in the beginning that running helps our brain. How does running help our brain just in general? Yeah, so, so I wanted to start the book not just in a general way for, for um, as you said, how running helps the brain, regardless of, you know, whether you have depression or anxiety or something. Um, and, and, you know, there's now pretty much incontrovertible evidence about um, a regular physical activity um, sort of being essential to keeping your brain healthy in the same way that it keeps your heart healthy and your lungs healthy and things like that. Um, in specifics, it, you know, so, so there's evidence that it helps to basically reduce a shrinkage in the brain that occurs, that might otherwise occur with age. Um, and then in terms of things that, you know, sort of the, what your brain does, it helps with uh, one big thing is is what's known as executive function. So it's sort of sort of like your brain's ability to sort of be the master computer slash planner for your life. And people who regularly exercise um, seem to have better uh, maintain their executive function better um, at any age, but especially you know I'm 56. Once you start to get towards there, you know the evidence is even more striking for for exercising helping to um, maintain brain function. So executive function, one of the people I interview in the book gives this great analogy that executive function is you're having um, 20 people over for dinner. This is, of course, I did the interview pre-COVID, um, but you're having 20 <laughs> people over for dinner and you're having 10 dishes and everything has to get to the everything. You know, these 10 dishes take different amounts of time to cook and you want them all to be on the table at the same time. Executive function is your ability to sort of do all these different tasks with varying timelines in a, in a coordinated manner so that then you meet this goal of getting all dishes, all 10 dishes on the table at the same time. So executive function is a big thing. Um, mm. There's, yeah, so the, that, that would be the, um, the most important thing I think is the executive function aspect and, and the um, just sort of preservation of the brain's sort of um, networks of, of being able to deliver oxygen to various parts of the brain to keep it functioning at a higher level. And, and you talk about exercise. So I guess if you're um, a cyclist or something like that, it would have similar mm -hmm. sorts of effects. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the book is Running is My Therapy. Obviously, I'm biased. Um, <laughs> and, and, and there is, um, I, I make some arguments in the book about why running might be particularly mm. um, effective versus other sports, um, mostly having to do with convenience. Yes, um, but most of the most of the research that is done is you know done on exercise in general and in, in ways that can be you know sort of controlled in the way that needs to be controlled for research projects. Um, so 
and and so it's often cycling. You know, cycling is often a, a common mode of exercise used in in research studies. But but yeah, so really the the when I say running is my therapy, we can broaden it to you know exercise, um, yeah. purposeful exercise. Um, it is interesting that there are, appear to be not the benefits if you're regularly active uh, in your job. The, okay. Even if you have that same activity level, it might not have the same benefits as um, as you know sort of purposeful non-work exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thought is that, you know, the job is stressful, <laughs> you know, it's not something that brings you pleasure. And, and so <laughs> it seems that there's a, a, an element to the pleasure aspect of purposeful exercise that, that um, yeah. might have more of these mental health benefits than, you know, uh, I don't know, working on a farm or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, um, and how can we use running to, to like, just generally improve our mood? <clears throat> Um, do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, right. So sometimes when I um, talk to groups and stuff on the, t on this topic, you know, a question is basically, you know, like, well, how little do I have to do basically mm. to get the benefits? Um, and you know, I'm, I'm very much in the camp of any, you know, anything is better than nothing. Um, the difference between, um, you running two miles today and you running 10 miles today is much smaller than the difference between you not running today and you running two miles. Mm. Um, so, so any amount of running or, or, you know, purposeful exercise is good in general terms, um, for physical and mental health. Um, that said, most people would, um, you know, most people would say, Beyond 20 minutes is when, if, if you're looking for sort of a mood, uh, you know, sort of a, an acute mood enhancement on that day, yeah. a lot of people would say, you know, at least 20 minutes, then you sort of get, you know, the stuff starts happening that, that then when we finish a run and think, ah, oh, boy, I wish I always felt like that. Mm -hmm. um, that seems to happen more with, you know, 20 minutes or, or more, uh, you know, because you're, you're just... just you're just getting going at that point. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, the, the first 15 minutes often isn't the best anyway. I don't know about mm -hmm. yourself, but... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. But, but again, that said, um, um, you know, I've had days where I go out and run one mile yeah. just um, to feel like, like the last time, so, okay, the last time I ran, so I live in Maine where the winters are very, very hard. Mm. Um, I have a treadmill in my garage. I hate running on the treadmill. Absolutely hate it. Um, I, and the last time I ran on my treadmill was February of 2015. <laughs> and I ran on it that day for 10 minutes, you know. Um, and that was because we were in, it was like it had been snowing for, it seemed like forever, you know, three days straight. And, and I just felt completely defeated by the day. But I was like, I, I, I'm going to, you know, get on the treadmill and I'm going to do this, you know, just this 10 minutes. And in terms of my mood that day, I, I went to bed feeling better than if I hadn't yeah. done it because I felt like I wasn't completely defeated yeah. by, by, by this. I, I did something, you know, to sort of reclaim um, some, some control of, of my day. So um, any amount is better than none. Um, but, uh, you know, 20 minutes to an hour is like a great sweet spot where, um, 
you get in a groove and maybe for most people, you know, once you get past an hour, they start getting a little too tired or something, but, but, um, and they also have busy lives, but yeah. So, um, people often, and, and you can use, uh, running to help with, with depression and anxiety, a couple of questions, how does it help those and could it ever replace, you know, medication? Sure. Um, okay. So I like to think of the, mental benefits um, in, in three sort of main categories. One is, and, and this is not counting like a day-to-day -day mood change. And that's one of the things that I was really, you asked why I wrote the book. One of the things that I'd always wanted to get an answer to, and I never did until I wrote this book, was, um, you know, am I starting from scratch every day? So I have like chronic low-grade depression, right? And I always wondered like, okay, so, Am I waking up, you know, today um, better off than I would have been if I hadn't run every day for the last four weeks, you know? Or am I starting from scratch every day as somebody yes. with depression? Um, and what I learned was that the answer is no, uh, I'm not starting from scratch. We're not starting from scratch. One of the most important things that, that um, running a regular exercise achieves for people with depression and anxiety is um, it, it improves the health of the brain in a way that is specific to their condition. So in people with uh, depression, there's a part of the brain that um, the hippocampus that tends to shrink in people with depression. And um, regular exercise uh, helps the hippocampus to, to not shrink, to, to grow. Um, and and it also improves the sort of connectivity between uh, neural pathways in the brain in the same way that some antidepressant medications do. So that's sort of like the brain chemistry, sort of long-term effects that, um, that's, that is incredibly profound. The second way uh, is something that I, you know, alluded to in my little 10 minute run on the treadmill story. And that is um, this feeling of, of self, it's called self-efficacy. So um, I, I, you know, I see myself, thanks to running, I see myself as somebody who can set goals and achieve them, who can get things done, who can get off the couch. Um, and, and seeing myself do that in this one area of my life, I can then um, more easily see myself doing that in other areas of my life. And then that sort of feeds on itself in the same way in a negative sense, when you're, when you're dealing with depression, um, you know, a bad spiral of events can sort of feed on itself. These positive events can feed on themselves in the same way. And so, so that's the second way to sort of, um, um, what you might call it like, basically like yourself, uh, your vision of yourself, so a sort of psych psychology aspect. And the third would be, and this is more of an acute, in an acute way, um, what we might think of like a cognitive change. So you'll hear so many people um, who will say, I, I went out for a run and this thing that had just, you know, been eating at me, that kept me up all night, I couldn't figure out, but I was 25 minutes into my run and I was like, oh, that's what, okay, now I know how to think about it, right? In a way that, that just doesn't seem possible in other, when we're just sitting down or lying on the couch or whatever. Um, or um, perhaps just as powerfully, they get back and say like, hey, I, for that hour, I didn't think about that thing that's been eating away at me and what a relief that was. Um, 
So, so this change of thinking that just seems to magically happen without us trying to have it happen, either um, sort of thinking in a new way about things that have been getting at us or um, not thinking about it for that time are, are both, you know, very um, powerful sources of relief. Um, in the book, I make a distinction, and, and this might be too fun of a distinction, especially because um, depression and anxiety often coexist. Um, but depression, uh, for people with de depression only, I like to think of exercise and running as, um, it's called activation. So, so you sort of, um, your whole system gets a little, you know, a little jump that, um, that sort of is lacking often in the rest of your life. Um, and so you feel physically energized, you feel mentally energized. Um, and, and, you know, everybody does, obviously, when they do, but sort of in a way that's different, um, where you might think, gosh, this must be what people feel, normal people feel like all the time, right? Um, people with anxiety, so you could look at a benefit of sort of the opposite, and that is sort of um, this sense of, of not of, of bringing their energy level down just a little bit. Um, not not because they got tired, but because they got calmer. Um, and and there's some research you know that's done about um, like what people want to what people look at when they're exercising. Um, and in this one study that I, I think was in the book, you know, after people did like a 20 minute workout, they they were more drawn to like more pleasant pictures when presented with a bunch of images. Um, so there's just a sort of calming that, um, again, is, is probably difficult to achieve, um, you know, when you're sitting in front of the computer uh, or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. So also, I know when I'm running, I, I, you know, when I'm running with friends, I talk out all my problems with my friends. Yeah. How come this is so important? And why is it like so easy to do when you're running? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and also, how does it compare to therapy and those sorts of things? Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I don't know in, a, in Australia what the situation is, but, um, you know, here in the state, here in the United States, you know, running is my therapy sort of a a catchphrase, a phrase, common phrase. And, you know, you'll see people, and I don't disagree with them on technical terms, like running is not therapy, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, like therapy, you know, therapy is very strictly defined as, you know, seeing a trained professional. Um, and, and, you know, that's true in a technical sense. But anybody, you know, whether they have depression or anxiety, but anybody who's been struggling with stuff almost always will feel better after they've talked about it with people, um, you know, with, with close friends. And, and you know, as, as we know, um, there's something about running that, you know, you, you, you might feel as close to somebody after five runs together as you might after working next to somebody for six months. You know, the, the bonds form very quickly. Um, um, to your point about why, we might be, I've always, I mean, I always wondered like why, you know, and I, I found myself like when I'm running with friends and I once in a while I'll be like, huh, that's, that's, I was a little, uh, I was a little too open there. <laughs> they weren't offended. Yes. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't, I didn't go to this run planning. I'm going to tell Kristen all about, you know, what's going on with my investments. Um, 
so I always wonder, like, well, you know, what is it? And so I asked a couple people, a couple experts for this book, and, and one um, woman who is a pioneer here in the United States about using, incorporating walking and running, she is a, a, a psychologist, a therapist, and she has incorporated walking and running into her practice in part because of, you know, this observation that we all had that, like, wow, I start running with somebody and, and uh, I'm just, I can just talk so much more freely often. One of her insights is that when you're running next to somebody, there's, you know, there's not the eye to eye contact. And so there's, there's, um, you know, there might be like a built in freedom to, to not seeing that person. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, not like, so, so not staring into that person's yeah. eye as you might like, as you're, if you're having coffee together or if, you're seeing this therapist in her office and you're sitting across from her um you can just sort of talk more more directly um she told me that she gets uh that her some of her people tell her that they they learn the most from their children when the children are in the back seat of the car uh because you know the parents aren't looking at the kid and the kid just yeah. talk so there's something you know so so it, it's an interesting idea that like the sort of the just the logistics of running with people creates an environment in which we might be more open. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. <clears throat> you discuss running and mindfulness. Um, in, in what way does that help us? And what about people who always wear, say, headphones when running? It, can it still yeah. be achieved? Yeah. Um, so running and mindfulness, um, I'm sorry, what, 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 what's the specific question? Well, like how, how, how do we... Like sometimes when you try to focus on mindfulness, that's the, the least time you can do right. it. So how right. do we use running to improve our mindfulness? How does that help us? And yeah. what about people who are like, well, I need to always run with my headphones. Can they right. still get some sort right. of effect? Right. So people should do what they want. And if, mm -hmm. and if, um, if, if running with headphones um, brings them more pleasure than running without, then they should do, they should do that. Um, I, I think I've run with music like twice in my life and I absolutely, I mean, after, after my wife and running, um, music is like the main pleasure in my life. So I absolutely yeah. love music and I wish I, but I, I wish I enjoyed, um, listening to music, when I'm, but I don't. Um, and, and part of it I think is cause I want that ability. I want that chance that I will sort of reach, um, this sort of state of presence awareness and, and um, you know, lack of judgment and all the things that, that we try to achieve when we like purposely say, I'm gonna sit down and be mindful. Um, <laughs> I, I want that opportunity to, I want to create the environment in which that might happen. Um, why it happens, I, I don't know, I don't know. Um, um, how, to, how to increase the chances of it happening potentially in, in addition to maybe not having headphones on, is um, there's there's you know some decent research now on like running in nature, um, making it more likely that you'll get into this sort of flow state, this this um, this sort of you know present awareness that you know makes sense isn't necessarily possible if you're running down a busy city street and you're having to worry about if the car coming towards you if the person is on their phone um, things like that. So, so if the, if you have the opportunity to, to run in nature, um, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, the middle of nowhere, 
it could just you know uh, just a, a loop in a city park where where you can just more easily not have these distractions and things that have you on alert where you can just get in that flow state um that would be a big help i you know so so again i live in maine and um so the tra i have access to trails but only about half the year because the other half of the year yeah. they're covered in snow and ice and i really notice that um you know by the end of winter i'm, I'm really ready to be back in the woods you know yeah. five you know most days now you talk about that a bit in the book about the differences between running in different environments did you want to just quickly go through that um as opposed to you know nature versus city oh um well there was a there was a study this involved walking um where they had people walk through three sections of i think it was edinburgh scotland yeah. and they they were they were tracking their their brain activity and like one was like a mixed residential shopping area one was a small city park and then one was like you know downtown heavy commerce and and brain activity um associated with relaxation and and um, positive thoughts were, were highest when they're in this park and and this was i mean the whole thing was only like a 25 minute walk i think so you know so they're in each one for only like eight minutes so mm -hmm. just that short time in this park and again it wasn't like you know they're walking through edinburgh it's just a, probably like a basic city park not massive or anything um you know almost immediately um you know increased increased brain activity associated with relaxation and and, and positive thoughts so that's something to keep in mind yeah no definitely <clears throat> yeah. how does um running influence our social connections and why are they so important well so yeah, so this is where I start. This is where one of the one of the examples where um, I try to make the argument for running being unique um, or not unique, but you know might have some built-in advantages over other sports. Um, there's something you know I love to run by myself. Lots, most a lot of people would love to run by, by themselves, but also most people also enjoy running with others. And um, as I said earlier, I think you know I think a lot of us have had the experience where we very quickly form bonds with people after a handful of runs that we wouldn't after after you know a handful of equivalent time spent together in, in other activities um and i just think that um you know i don't know i don't know about australia but in, in the united states um there's you'll hear the phrase the loneliness epidemic mm. um and you know certainly during <laughs> during the pandemic, you know that's that's increased. Um, running, sort of, you know, training with others. You have a built-in, you know, maybe maybe only twice a week, but you know, sort of a built-in way to have the social life that um, mm. can be um, increasingly hard to to have at a high quality, you know, especially. Again, I, I don't mean to sound like an old person, but um, <laughs> especially, you know, as we age, um, you know, my, I still have friends who I ran with, you know, in, in high school 40 years ago, but, you know, my best friends now are people I've met in the last 10 years. And, um, and you know, I would never have met these people otherwise, other than through running. And they're of different ages, and you know, some have kids, some don't. Um, it's just 
I have access to, to um, such a greater variety and, and number of people than I would have if, if I didn't run. Um, and and that's, I think that's increasingly powerful um, when, when so many of us, you know, often feel isolated because all we do is sit in front of our computers for 12 hours a day. Yeah. 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 Especially like you said at the moment, which is why it's yes. even more important. Can you, are you allowed to run with others? Um, well, we've only, up until recently only with one other, but we're starting to be allowed to run with more. Yeah. Okay. So, which is yeah. good. But yeah, yeah, you really notice that even just running with one, it's, it's as good as oh, that sure. is. Sometimes it's nice to be in a big group. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's different. And, and like you say, and it's also because of the variety of people you meet. And, and like you said, yes. people that you wouldn't normally get to know necessarily. Right. Right. And it's sort of like a, you know, yeah. So you have a big group and it's sort of like a, you know, a 90 minute happy hour. You just yeah. happen to be moving and, and getting your own brain chemicals rather than, <laughs> rather than through other means. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I find it like when you run in those groups and often, and you'll hear stories from people and it's like, and, and even that just hearing different pe people's different life experiences that is so different from your own, I think yeah. also gives you different perspectives. Yes, definitely. And, and, you know, and as we talked about earlier, I mean, like you, you at least I do, um, you know, the conversations are often more than just, yeah. you know, you know, how's the weather, whatever. Yeah. How, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How's the weather? Um, yeah. They're pretty substantive conversations. Yeah, um, definitely. And then, you know, in my case, um, some of the people I run with, you know, I see them only when we're running, but um, some of the people I run with, you know, I now regularly see them or <laughs> more, more used to pre-pandemic, yeah. but you know, they're the people I also socialize with outside of running. And we almost never talk about running when we're, yeah. you know, having dinner it. together or something. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So um, you also talk about having goals and that it's important for running to be meaningful for us. Uh, how can we go about making running more meaningful? And is this part of like having the why as well? Um, so, so how does, are you, are you asking what it like? How so so why, why is it in, why is it important for running to be meaningful? Why oh. can't we just go out and run just to run? Oh. Why is yeah, it you can. To have, yeah, you, you can, but why does it um, yeah. make it more um, beneficial <clears throat> for it to be meaningful in say a goal related way? Yeah. Well, I think, I think most people, even, even people who love running, um, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to get yourself to do yes. on a regular basis and having, um, a meaningful goal provides that spur that many people need. Um, so that that's in, in a general sense for running. And of course, then by, giving you something to work, you know, giving you more reason to get out there, then you're building that consistency that will then bring the mental health benefits. Um, I would also say, um, certainly I have found, um, a, not just in running, but in other areas of my life that, you know, having me personally meaningful projects to work on, um, helps my depression because it, sort of breaks this narrative in my head of, of every day is the same. Mm. What is the point? Um, it doesn't matter what I do, you know, um, 
what, why, what's, why, why should I get up today? What is it, you know, um, having, having these personally meaningful projects, um, you know, gives us that, that counter narrative that, well, you know, this is something you're interested in, go, go do it. Um, and it'll add pleasure to, you know, while you're doing it into the rest of your day. Running is a great one because you can always find new goals to set. Um, they don't have to be performance goals. You know, they could just, they could be, I want to, I don't know, um, you know, I want to get outside every day for 15 minutes um, sort of thing. It doesn't matter how fast I go or anything like that. Um, but it, but it, you know, running, you can always come up with these goals. And then, and then of course you have, if they are perf more performance oriented, then they're, then like to, to get to that goal, then each each day sort of has its own meaning then you know, like i'm doing this today because i did this yesterday and i'm doing this tomorrow so today i'm you know doing yeah. x i'm doing abc and I'm like okay good i'll go do abc today then and and then hey i did abc today good for me <laughs> um and then tomorrow i might you know so so like today i took a today i, I just i ran like 10 kilometers in the morning because tomorrow i'm going to do a hard workout um and so then, you know, okay, well, that was the point of today's running and tomorrow is, is, you know, I should be rested and then do a hard workout. And, um, you know, that's, that's the point of tomorrow and it has this variety, you know, I'm talking now sort of like training for performance. There's a built-in <clears throat> variety that also helps to break that narrative of like every day is the same. Yes. Um, um, and if, you, if somebody wants to go out and run the same loop every day, yeah. that's great. That, that yeah. doesn't, I get bored with that pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And it kind yeah. of, it does lose its meaning because what, once again, you start thinking, well, what's the point, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is, um, well, I mean, we all kind of know that running is related to a healthy lifestyle, but why is having a healthy lifestyle combined with your running so important for our mental health? Um, so... There, there's pretty decent. Uh, there's pretty decent evidence about um, good sleep and a good diet um, mm. having their own positive effects on depression and anxiety. And um, my argument is that you know, once you're, I mean, not when you're 18, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> once you're an adult, um, you know, running um, helps to encourage you to to take care of yourself in other areas. Um, of course you can eat whatever you want, but after a while, I think a lot of people sort of realize like, I don't, I don't want to eat all this junk food. Um, cause I'm going running in the morning and I'd, I'd rather feel better than worse. And, you know, I finally realized after the past 20 some years or whatever it might be like eating potato chips every night doesn't, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make me feel as good as if I eat a better diet. And the same thing with, with, you know, getting, getting good sleep, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, the you know, same thing with drugs and alcohol. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you can find a lot of, of runners who are, uh, quite, uh, good, good drinkers. If you want to use that term, quite successful <laughs> drinkers. Um, and I used to be one of them mm. and, um, it, it does tend to go, it seems to be a thing, doesn't it? It does. Mm. Um, I, th I think, I think, um, there is a certain uh, similarity in mindset yeah. toward uh, like um, 
it was always so so I, I was a pretty decent runner at my peak like um 30 48 for 10k you know it's like a good regional runner and there are a lot of guys around me who you know we were you know people were surprised how much we drank <laughs> um and that's you know maybe that's fine when you're 25 but you yeah. know when you're 45 not, well, not so, not so much. yeah but i think there is this um sort of more is better um mm. mentality that that some better runners have and it's true <clears throat> as it applies to running you know up to a pretty high point yeah. you know yeah. more usually more often is better if you're trying to run your best yeah but that that mindset then you find uh, also applies to <laughs> to other things and and some of us have had to learn how to um yeah. uh, not apply that mindset to to drugs and alcohol yeah 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 no i i completely agree um so does this mean uh, having talked about all of this that that running is the magic pill for for our mental health issues or do we you know can we just go that's it i'm running i'm going to be fine now or should we maybe look at other options as well if we're really struggling yeah um so so nothing i mean nothing is a magic pill even the magic pill is not a magic pill. <laughs> it's not uh, right um so 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 the short answer is no running's not a, a cure-all running is not you know i i'm not saying oh just run every day and then mm. you you'll be fine um right. i take a, and i've Sorry, you're just breaking up there. Um, what was that you just said? Sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I, I take an antidepressant. Yeah. Um, and I have had, had times where I've, I've seen a therapist. Um, I would say that if you were to remove one of the, if you, if, if there was a time when I was doing all three, if you were to remove running, that would have the biggest effect. Yeah. In terms of negative effects. Yeah. Um, certainly we, most of us probably know people who maybe lean on running a little too much. Mm. And, and I think that's a problem if it's, if you're doing so at the expense of paying attention to things that might benefit from help from other areas as well. Um, yeah. So it's not like you can only do one thing in life also. Right. I mean, you yeah. can run and see a therapist yeah. and, and there's, there's pretty compelling evidence about, um, different modes of, of um, treatment, exercise being one of them, you know, working better together than anyone on its own. So, so running and therapy might be a good combination for somebody or running and, and um, medication might be a, a decent combination for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I didn't, I didn't make the point at the very beginning. Um, uh, although you asked the question, one of the, um, so, so I don't want to say that running, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to say running is a secure all, but I do want to lean heavily on the message. And there's something that I didn't know until I read this book that there's, you know, good clinical evidence that running other forms of exercise can be as effective as the more common, uh, treatments of, of medication and, and therapy for like mild to moderate cases of depression and anxiety. And I remember when I was when I was working on the book, you know, I told this guy I ran with in high school, and he's like, "That should be on the front page of the New York Times." You know, um, it's just crazy that like most most people wouldn't think most people don't know that. Um, it's kind of crazy that you know I've been working as a running writer editor for whatever thirty years, um, 
it's crazy that I had to write this book to discover that. Like, uh, like we should all know that, you know? Mm. Um, so running is not a cure-all, but, but it certainly um, is, is potentially a lot more powerful than many of us um, have been uh, told is the case. Yeah. So, um, but, and like, just say a runner is injured, like, can they, yes. so you have spoken about being able to use other exercise. Is, is it quite yes. as effective though? Well, I think it depends on your psychology. Um, mm. It's certainly not for me. Um, yeah. I, I, I remember one, one woman I talked with for the book, you know, she has pretty, pretty at times debilitating anxiety. And she said like, you know, running gets her to about a seven or eight. Um, on an out of 10 scale. And when she's hurt and has to like ride a bike on a train or whatever, she can get herself to about a five. Um, yeah. um, that, that's, that's my experience, but five is better than four. Yep. And exactly. which is better than two. Um, and I always, yeah, I just, I also just think, you know, once you realize how, how powerful, if running is your thing, how powerful, um, its mental health benefits can be, then one way I always get myself through like having to ride the bike in the basement um, is telling myself, I want to be, I want to, when I get back to running, I want to be as close to as fit as I was when I got yeah. hurt. So that I'm not then spending another two months like sort of getting back into yeah. it so that yeah. I can, you know, have that, all those benefits available to be available to me sooner. So once again, having some goals, even for, for when you're yes. injured. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, that sounds excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, talking with us about uh, your book. And um, I've got it right here for people. And um, I, I just loved it. And it was a, although you talk about a lot of studies and those sorts of things and research, it was still an, an easy read, as in it wasn't onerous. So I appreciate you, <laughs> thank you. making it readable. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. Um, if people want to um, follow you or, you know, see what you're doing, how can they do that? Uh, so I, I have a personal website that I update once a decade. It's uh, <laughs> scottdouglas.biz, scottdouglas.biz. And then um, you can pretty easily find, I do, I do a fair amount of work for Runners World here in the States. So you That's can right. pretty easily find um, me just by Googling Scott Douglas Runners World. No worries. All right. Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, thank you once again for, for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I think many of us, myself included, appreciate the very positive impact running has on our mental health. But of course, it cannot replace professional care if you need it. Please do see someone if you feel overwhelmed. It is tough times for sure at the moment and asking for help is a sign of strength and not weakness. Next episode is another interview with Matt Fitzgerald, this time about his book, How Bad Do You Want It? One that I've, once again, a book I've had for ages and have absolutely loved. So I hope you enjoyed that one. Have a great week, train smart, and if you're lucky enough, race hard.